welcome to another Writer's Bookshelf podcast with, of course, me, David Driver, and once again, some fantastic music, Lost for Words, by my good friend and yours, brilliant Mr. John Hardy. A beautiful piece of music indeed. Well, it's quite a special episode for uh, the Writer's Bookshelf podcast, and why? Some of you <laughs> may have already listened to the first uh, episode, it's just myself talking and waffling and some of my poetry, but someone has to go first, someone has to be the guinea pig. Who is the first podcast interviewee? Well, I'll tell you it is. It's everyone's guilty pleasure, yours and mine. She's laughing already. It's Bradford's own, and she sat. She sat in the podcast chair, and it's not only a podcast chair. It is an unwanted hairdresser's chair. It is the brilliant and multi, multi for American, multi-talented... Irene Lofthouse. Irene, how are we doing? We're doing all right. We are having a giggle here, yeah, definitely. Well, it had to be because we are like two peas in a pod, really. We have collaborated on many things and we're laughing because previous the previous days of radio, when it were two, three hours, that was easy. And I've just said before we started recording that, Irene, what, David, we're going to keep it to round in about 45 to 50 minutes. Is that possible for us two? I don't know. We've had a coffee. <clears throat> Excuse me. We've had a good old chin wag. And obviously, you've been on stage, film stage, poetry, short stories, people who know you. They know what your where your talent talents lie, but this recording or this interview is going to be a little bit about poetry. It is poetry. so. What's po- what does poetry mean to Irene Lofthouse? That's a good question, David. A poser right at the start. Oh my goodness! You, you can handle it. A big girl like you. Me, big, think, uh, think. <laughs> um, we did lots of poetry when I was a, a child at primary school, um, and. Uh, things that you had to learn and recite, uh, which I actually think is a really good thing in terms of memory. Um, and also, if you're going to become an actor or a narrator of s- some you know, uh, shape or form, it's fantastic, because how do you actually remember things? Uh, and poetry, I think, is a really good training ground um, in terms of re- recitation for training that, muscle in your memory um you know about remembering and pace and delivery and all that kind of thing but also um it's for all sorts of different moods as well um and i do remember that you know you you because i've got a literature degree um and all the things that we did and we did lots of poetry through that in the 1930s and you know some of the early poets and the first world war poets etc but you didn't, and although I did American history and literature as well, and um, that's where I came across uh, uh, people like, you know, writing uh, Edith Wharton and people like that. But also, um, you know, uh, there's the, what do you call it? Uh, uh, I read my Robert Frost, um, etc. Um, and you, uh, Dickinson. Um, and I, I loved Emily Dickinson because her writing was somewhat different but very closely allied to the Bronte poetry, which we didn't do any of, Um, which was quite strange, really, especially from a lass from Bradford that weren't doing any. So it means different things at different times, but it's also a really good way you you don't Mm realise until you look like actually looking at poetry and studying poetry, how many different types of poetry there is, how many different ways there are, and how different cultures and different 
um, countries write things differently, like a haiku. I only mm -hmm. came across haikus, you know, late in life, and I'm rubbish at doing them because <laughs> I, because I think I'm too steeped in other types of writing poetry. Yes. Um, and then working with 26 writers, 26 characters, as I do, where we do lots of different projects. Um, and so John, who was one of the co-founders, will set something and say, right, we're doing a sestitude. Sestitude. Yep, 62 words. Why is it 62 words? Because we're 26. It's the inverse. But there's also 26 letters in the British, oh, you know, the, the Western alphabet. All, and then he'll say, we're doing a centina. Stuff. That's 100 mm. words. So looking at things like that are dribbles and drabbles and, you know, etc. So it means lots and lots of different things. And, mm -hmm. you know, that, that, that big thing about poetry doesn't have to rhyme. <laughs> oh, what liberation. I, I'm going to say that. <laughs> it, it, it's interesting you say that because a lot of people, we, we know this, some people like the rhyming style of poetry some yep. people don't I do find myself writing in rhymes and then sometimes I don't it's also interesting about the haiku uh, recently being on a on a, on a, an open mic night and, and at the end of the second time round I said oh, I'll share three haikus and people say what's this and it's all but it, I think what we're trying to say is poetry is for everyone absolutely it's driven by the emotion yeah. how do you compare then Irene Lofthouse now to early days of Irene Lofthouse at school because I must admit, when I was at school, poetry, no, and I always fondly say Wondering Lonely is a Cloud and the classical poetry. Do you think it's, I'm not saying it's wrong, right or wrong in schools, but do you think, um, would you change the curriculum in school? Do you think it's still too much of the of the stalwart, this is what you're going to learn, or do you think it's slightly changed? I think it to uh, get people, young, younger people. Well, I can't interested. I can't speak specifically for whatever the national curriculum is. Yes, in relation to things, although that has widened a lot, which it needs to. Yes, you know, uh, because again, you, you get poetry, uh, as you just said, you know, wandering lonely is a cloud, and what have you words. No, there's nothing wrong the, with that. I'm just no, using it as an example. But up on the hills and in the dales, and you know, the Lake District mm -hmm. and all the rest of it, and I'm at school with people who go what are the Dales? We've never been there. We've no mm -hmm. idea what they are. We don't know what the Lake District is. So um, we know what a daffodil is, you know. Um, so looking looking much wider at, at um, global poetry and the different ways in, in which mm -hmm. we do stuff and, and acknowledging, you know, where did poetry come from in the first place? You know, because we're both off on our track. In fact, I don't think I've got it with me, but I did do one about a poem about how the words had come and things were brought by travellers and troubadours from all sorts of different places that we've then adopted. Um, and of course, when I've been working with First Story um, as a writer in residence in schools, uh, one of the aims there is to widen how um, poetry is seen and how stories are seen so that we've got things that reflect the different cultures that we've got and also the way that you know we don't just have a verse because verse and poetry can be different things um you know like you can have a job in hallmark cards writing verse as indeed uh you know some poets who've now won awards that is their that was their day job mm -hmm. as they were writing um but I think things that we can use it for different things, we're using it for issues. So I use it about, you know, global climate, about things that youngsters are, are worried about. And it's really 
it's a really good form of enabling young people who don't feel that they can get mm -hmm. up and do a, a narration oration about something. So if you're doing a speech, you know, you can do a speech through poetry mm -hmm. and you can get your words across about a particular issue through poetry. We all know that. We don't all know. I've just said that sweeping generalisation there, Lofthouse, um, about um, the beat poets. Yes. You know, Ginsberg and, and people like that in back in the 60s, etc. Although a lot of that was already happening in Greece, you know, etc. And, um, you know, a, a lot of those uh, Homer, you know, the Iliad, the Odyssey, you know, the sagas that were written in poetry, you know, Chaucer's Canterbury Tales, which I absolutely love. And that, I think, think Chaucer more than so than um, because it's in poetry format, but it's storytelling in a poetry format mm -hmm. uh, that can be rhyme, but is also some prose. That's what really ignited me was, oh, I can tell stories and in poems. You know, it's not just, it's declamation poetry for everybody I, I to do, hear. Yes, and I do like the story, I do like the story poems. Uh, well, I sort of coined them story, you know, story yeah. poems. I think and I mean, it's interesting how people are picking up on that now when you go to open mics and they say, oh, I like this one, I like that one, because it does tell. Absolutely. It does tell a story and younger people are connected. Again, another valid point is we've been through the wilderness of the, of the pandemic and lockdown and we know that music links in with with um, well uh, sorry songwriting and, and poetry links together and, and particularly rap artists and, and absolutely and obviously yeah. we, we, you know we're situated in the the bradford district bradford leeds wakefield that area a lot of young people not realizing as you as you say how much it links in absolutely and, and the rawness of the open mic when you get the younger i don't know dare I say if you're 16 to 24 ish yeah. on the open mic you think wow you know speaking of Absolutely. What is now? Absolutely. And I think the thing is that, you know, again, when you're in as a writer in residence or, you know, as a writer doing things, mm. uh, particularly with young people, uh, and in primary schools, and, you know, folks will go, uh, oh, well, when I grow up, I want to be a writer. And I always say, you don't need to grow up. You are a writer. Now, you've just yes. written yes. a piece of flash fiction. You've just written a poem. Because, you know, young youngsters, their imagination... Um, knows no bounds uh, but also the way that they use language because a lot of the time you were asking about education and a lot of the time through my own education is that imagination and curiosity and the way that you are framing things he's going no you have to do it this way as if there's only one way to write it's like maths in it you know there is a way to get the answer yeah but I've got the answer yeah but you haven't done it the right way <laughs> is that the right answer yeah then that's the right way for me. No, yes, you've got to do yes, this because yes. it's for something else. You've got to jump <laughs> through the hoop. I'm, I'm laughing because it completely nothing, nothing relevant <laughs> to the, the interview. I do have a tale, but but very very briefly about maths when when I've been at college and had a bunch of um, youngsters that were really struggling with maths, and 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 it was this modern way. Yeah, and I looked at the modern way. I said, why are you doing it like <laughs> that? And, and I said, well, do it this way. And all these young teenagers, you know, just left school in July. They're, you know, them in uh, September. Wow, why don't we talk like that? And the real awful thing is when I completed all the booklets and put them in and handed them in, the person, the lady in charge, mm. she says, no, they're wrong for exactly the same reasons. Yeah. Because it wasn't the right way yeah well I said, the, the yeah. answer's right yeah but no david 
you've done it. You've the calculations are wrong. No, they're not. Yeah, so. you've got to you've got to argue <laughs> against that, and you've got to argue against that all the time. And also, you know, we are uh, a cultural, you know, mm. mixed society, as as you know, Bradford always has been, as mm-hmm. almost everywhere in the world has always been mixed. Yes. As people come yes. in and go out, but if you come from a particular area, or if I go to France or I go to Spain, the way that they teach it will be completely different. Mm. So anybody coming here into our classes who's been taught a different way, but yet it's the same answer, and you've got the right answer. And the same with product, poetry. The end, the end product, product is right. Is, is, is the, so you um, should, if, is the if that's a default in terms of, mm. I don't know how to do that, and therefore it's wrong. So whoever's setting it up here, mm. you know, same with, no, this is wrong. You can't write it that way. Well, you can write poetry whatever way you mm. want to. You can write stories whatever way you want to. There are a myriad different ways of doing it. Mm. And as you just said with the music, is you know a lot of young people forget that lyrics are poetry. Definitely. And tell yes. stories, etc. Mm-hmm. But you did also say that we'd just come through the what's it. So I'm going to share. You're going to share. You're going to share rhyme. one of your poems. I thought you were keeping away from rhymey poetry. Well, I no, I said, I said that <laughs> that was a revelation that they didn't have to rhyme. But sometimes if I'm doing things to just get a message across and I'm working with a lot of younger people, is that's an easy way to get in and go, right, let's write this as a prose poem. So how would we change it? But this is actually about the lockdown. Is this it is now? one that I came across because I'm going through stuff uh, that I wrote have, have on the tenth. Have you been delving into a load of notebooks? I've, I've been, because yeah, I know, I know people who are listening now to this podcast. You're a bit like myself. I just know what's happened here because you must have you've two or three piles of paper <laughs> and about three or four notebooks on the desk, and you are probably saying, "Did I really write this? I've forgotten about Absolutely. this." Absolutely, <laughs> because this one was written on the tenth of December, 2020. Goodness me. Um, and I was in Skipton. Because it says at the top. Correct. <laughs> it's just, I'm laughing I right, I came across Harry. it and I'd forgotten entirely <laughs> that I'd written it. I'm, I'm exactly, I'm exactly the same. Yeah. But, Irene, away so, you go, please. Skipton's quiet, very few shoppers, because up the road there's a load of coppers telling all drivers to turn around that this is tier two, it's not their ground, to go back home, stay in tier three. Although it's true, Skipton's postcode is... BD. The town's surrounded by the lightest tier, so no Xmas bustle, all feels very queer. Cafes, windows display, colourful yuletide fair. Pubs have doors open, but few punters there. Skipton's been open for a visitor flow, but on December 16th, there's a little festive ho ho. <laughs> so that, and that just reminds me Brilliant. of what it was like, because yes. we very soon forget. Certainly. And again, Poetry, you know, can bring us right back to a place to remind people of how things were. Mm-hmm. And we can use them to mine history, to mine our own emotions, because obviously they're infused with, when we write, mm-hmm. what we were feeling at the time, even if we don't actually realise mm-hmm. it, because our subconscious is always, or unconscious, is always mm-hmm. there going into the poem. So we might have a prompt, but that prompt... Might be something else. And I remember I was having I was having um, a bowl of soup, uh, and I was going. It's very quiet. And it, I went, yeah, because we're surrounded. It's all so it's, no yes. coaches can come in. Yes, you know. It it did change. It, it's funny how you say that. I mean, we talk about prompts, and, and so would you say uh, you could argue the case? We've talked about poetry being of the moment and 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 fueled by emotion. But I sometimes think probably the best 
poems are written by by what you're feeling. Like you say, you're reflected in your books, and I've reflected. And you think, did I really like this? I think I've got. A, it's funny you say that. I've got a section set lockdown poems. Yeah, and you absolutely. Find your yeah. little place of tea, coffee, um, a bench. Yeah. Um, someone recently telling me in a part they went under a lot of blossom trees. And like you say, you know, rightly said about that sort of forgotten, not really a forgotten moment, but that 2020 to, you know, 2022 is that lockdown period will be. Uh, yeah. Well, interesting times and quite absolutely, emotional times. Absolutely. And I think the difference will be the poetry that was written at the time mm. and the poetry that then was written later to reflect on the time. And in another five years, more poetry that then reflects on the reflections mm-hmm. because we go we're normal we're in normal time we're not it's still incredibly <laughs> fractured and none of yes. us have, i don't think any of us have really caught up with where we are no, at I all don't, i don't think we have we, we have we have spoken about gigs you know various i know, I know I've done various things on there uh, on stage and such like and at one time it was easy enough to get a gig we, you know we're going here we're going there yeah like, like, like when a certain person said, "Oh, David, um, I, I need you for something," and I had to stand on stage for an hour and a half. That, that's for another. <laughs> that's for another. That's for another thing. But gigs, gigs are still sometimes quite hard to come by, even if it's a little pub or a cafe. And can I have this for half an hour, an hour? Yeah. And it, and I think it's all in somewhat been profit, rightly so, trying to keep the head above water and, yeah. and charge renting a room, hiring a room, a stage still struggling a little it bit. is it is and as you're saying about the music as well you know those who are uh you know using words within their music and writing Probably songs, bands struggle they are struggling enormously live bands live gigs absolutely still struggling. and also because people you know the audiences are not coming out in the way mm. that they did at mm. all despite what everybody says the evidence on the ground to me is going to theaters going to open mics etc uh and poetry gigs uh, around is that that is not the same you know yes yes um even the, the leeds poetry um event weekend that i was uh involved with uh with the leeds poetry super tram um uh, numbers a little bit lower or, or yeah lower, we, lower we were yes. we were the closing one and we had 11 in the audience mm. and i just went we're this is edinburgh because that's what it's like Which when you not, do a gig at edinburgh in, in terms of in terms of gigs i mean Silsden, various parts of Bradford, we know self, you might get 11, 12, 13, 20 at the best. But that's acceptable, but you'd be thinking, you're wanting, you're going to be pushing far more numbers Absolutely. than 11 in Leeds. Yeah. yeah, but I think the thing is as well is, for a lot of people, you know, there is still that mm. thing about the elite bit of poetry. Mm. So that... Um, where, so where, where, where do you sort of stand? What, where, what's your... Where do you stand with that, Irene, with the elite? What, what, how do you interpret the elite bit of I think, poetry I think to steal your words? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's an ingrained thing, uh, to be honest. That um, again, like you said about going through school, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you're given that this is where poetry is, this is mm-hmm. what poetry should be, and a lot of the t- there's lots of folks that are in there going, I could never do that, or, well, I don't even understand what it's about. You know, because sometimes, you know, you've, you've got to um, interrogate what the words mean and try and work out because the vocabulary is not the vocabulary that you use, mm-hmm. you know. And until, you know, now people are bringing things in, there's a lot of rap stuff happening, you know, like Lens is doing a load of stuff mm-hmm. like that. Andy Craven Griffiths, you know, um, Nick Tokchek, etc. that showing that actually you can do this poetry in this way. 
uh, that makes a, a massive difference. Don't check there. Don't check when you, when you said that. <laughs> Um, if you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening, yeah, yeah going, she's inter- interrupting me again, like she was doing the other day when I saw her. Um, <laughs> but I think that's, I think that's the thing is, is to not make it as, as if mm. it's something that you've really got to work hard to do just right. And I think that's the thing with any, any verse, any poetry, is to just write, you know. And it can be rhyming. It it might not be. And again, I've got quite a few that that do rhyme. Um, but that's for a specific thing. A yes. lot of the time, yes. if I write for me, it, it doesn't. It's it's on a um, it's on more of a kind of uh, you know co- conscious. You know, if you if you talk about that that subconscious journey, you're and going it just comes the... out, and mm. then I mess it about, so mm-hmm. it kind of kind of fits. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I was talking about prompts, for example, and I know there was one um, rhubarb. Um, uh, which um, again, because there's there's that thing about there's popular poetry and there's literary poetry, you know. And again, it, there's you can you can dip your toe in all of it. There's that much. A little bit of a curveball question since we're on a roll now, Irene. You spoke about the elite poetry. If if we sort of make a divide, as in some poetry. Is for is for reading. You can write some fantastic Absolutely. poetry, and you sat in the comforts of whatever surroundings you choose, and you're reading it to yourself. That's brilliant. But then performance poetry is completely different. So when you talk about, or we talk about performance poetry and elite poetry, as you say, do you think the people, like you say, think I can't do this? Yes, you can. Do you think sometimes that the people who think that they can't really write poetry, they haven't had the education they haven't been to university do they sometimes lead the way in some fantastic performances because they just speak it from the absolutely. heart absolutely as in someone could have been you know studied poetry written a lot of poetry and not taken away from that that those people and all of a sudden some from Leeds Bradford some young kid or whatever just stands up and just wows everybody. Well, yeah, I think it's fair to yeah, say I that. Think I think, so. Wow, you know. And it's... I think the I think what I'm saying about the elite is that, you know, as I said, with my my own education in terms of primary school, we did lots and lots of different poetry, but it wasn't as if we could ever aspire to doing mm. that, you know. Um, and that's why I say when like reading Chaucer, I'm going, well, I can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, these are just stories. And so if somebody had introduced me to something similar like that very early on, I'd have been writing more than I already was. So I didn't write poetry as a kid. I wrote loads of stories, but not poetry. Um, but I think the thing is that, you know, in terms of sharing things, the word came before the writing. Mm-hmm. We've we've always done that. Music came mm-hmm. first, you know, paintings on walls, you know, to illustrate you know, and then a story came from that, or um, then came you know music, and we could all dance to that, etc. Didn't need any words before we put words to the music, and then the words and the storytelling and the poetry. So all those sagas, the, you know, the Viking sagas, etc. Uh, the you know uh, the Ruby out of Omakayam, you know, all of those of different cultures have come through that oral tradition that then got written down you know, mm-hmm. um, or added to, or changed. So there'll be lots of different versions of it. Um, and I think that's the thing is that 
we can do things off the top of our heads with verse and come up with stuff in terms of poetry and get a beat and things like that because that's quite a primitive thing to do then we can polish it and write it down and change it um yes. and so i th i think that the words come first and you know we're encouraged to write them down but actually we could just learn them and then recite them and they're not written down anywhere yes because that's we don't know how much poetry has disappeared well, well definitely De i mean again <laughs> it's know. interesting I, I i've sort of exhausted a lot of things i've done as in the 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 red brick wall poems i have got them in my head and then and i just feel like i'm maybe cheating people because i've heard them and then you try and get stuff inside and and yeah uh, yes you could imagine going back hundreds of years ago where people are oh tell that one again it would have changed it would have changed so, town to town city Absolutely. to city yep. get a bit more elaborate and yeah. you know you might get a few more you might get a daft hat or a, a, a toy sword for example and, you, and the crowd of you respond to the crowd Absolutely. So the tail gets bigger and more elaborate and it's you. only isn't it when when you know writing came in and was standardised mm. that that we've actually got then that format of what this writing should be and in mm -hmm. this way and the words will be spelt this. I mean, Shakespeare spelt his name 17 different ways, you know, and how many times was Shakespeare all adapted and rechanged or we'll have a little bit of this, you know, yes, and we'll have another yes. bit from there and we're still, we're still debating who wrote what, you yes. know, with Shakespeare because we can't tell. So in terms of all those other people, the troubadours that were on the roads, the people that had turned up in a village with a cart, you know, and do a performance, etc., we have no idea what they were telling. You know, lots and lots of those, um, you know, what would have been the folk tales, the folk stories, things that would have been done in verse. Yes. How much of that has gone? How, how many... Of a lot of those, you know, this is the house that Jack built. This is the cat that sat on the mat that lived in the house that Jack built. If you actually talk to young people today or their parents or even some of their grandparents, they have no idea about that poetry. No. Lots of that verse. It's, it's a generational thing, isn't it? You know, and then we've also had, had past discussions about about the, uh, not only generations, but the the technological world that we're yes. living we're talking about entertainment and performing for the kings queens wherever and different towns and villages and now as far as american is he's 24 7 yeah you know, your mobile phone is such a powerful tool netflix all everything's just there at the touch of, of a button and i think it's a good valid point as in my mum and dad and, and my grandparents and and it just the last couple of generations possibly when I say watered down a little bit, like you say, that passing on of, yeah, um, and and I think do you think audio audio books sometimes possibly, um, for a different generation. Well, is it, as well. well, I also think it's really interesting, isn't it? Because through through lockdown, you know, audio books mm. made a massive recovery with people. Yeah, so, so to listen to things percentage wise, be, because oh, we're yes, so yes. busy, 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 busy. When do we take time mm. out? to listen and mm. people's listening skills and concentration skills have, have reduced immensely do, do and you I think, think that's, that's a generational thing or, or highlighted during the pandemic I think it was highlighted during the pandemic but, but it's think, been gradually depleted would you say um, I think so and I think the thing is if you look at uh writing novels etc mm -hmm. you'll see that there's lots and lots of dialogue as opposed to description you know mm. how difficult is it to read dickens these days because it's dense with lots of descriptive writing mm -hmm. um same with the brontes you know um which is why you get simple versions of them mm -hmm. um 
And same with poetry. And that's the performance poetry. It's immediate. It's there. You're not having to spend time, like you were saying, you know, sitting and reading. Yes. And concentrating on the words and the images that are being developed in your head. And sometimes, sometimes open mic can also be overwhelming for people because they haven't got time to reflect on what they've just heard. Yes. Yes. So because Quite you get a fast pace and of the absolutely. moment, absolutely, yeah. And there's so many different styles, like you say, you can have someone rhyming and jokey, and then someone quite sort of deep. So, and so I think meaningful so, and yeah, and I think sometimes ping and ping pong. You all know, the time, that's those for whom life mm. is really quick. You know, like dilly mm. dilly dilly on your phone, and the message is done, as opposed to tap tap. Tap, I know. like that. Diddly, 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 diddly with your thumbs. You can't say that. Diddly, diddly, thumbs. Diddly, diddly, diddly. Another thing that just sprung to mind about concentration, going back a number of years, um, just going back, I, I interviewed a guy, his name is, is just going out of my head at the moment, they were down London, down Cambridge way, and he was involved in, and I believe this idea came from Japan, the same because in, in Tokyo, you know, it's such busy, mm. and to keep him with the theme of audiobooks, saying that, I'm not saying it was a podcast, but they had an idea of on the tube and that sort of thing where people were downloading things, poetry, short stories to listen to, and they just set them at sort of five, six minutes. Yeah. And people, you know, listened to it, brilliant, took you away from work. And also when, when the Kindles came in, just little little reads, little short Absolutely. reads. Of, and interesting how you say about the concentration, as in you work in office, Tokyo, London, whatever, and, and people wanted that break and in the sort of parks and places you could see people looking at the Kindles or the mobiles yep. and download it, get that little, instead of carrying a heavy book. Absolutely. And, and then listening. So it's quite, and they all go back to nature. It's interesting how people, you always see people depicted reading on, on a bench in a park or under a tree or, <laughs> or back to nature, which goes yeah. back to lockdown. Everybody it seems to go back to nature. But, it's nature in, poems. but it is interesting because... Um, you know, an awful lot of mm. things, you know, because of the, uh, as you were saying, the technological developments that we've had. And of course, everybody's always said it, every generation, you know, reading something that was written uh, back in the 1800s. Uh, and they were talking about how busy this little village that was becoming a town had become because of all the horse and carriages that had come in. There's and everybody was. Cows in this da, 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 da. <laughs> but you see, we, yeah. we, we might laugh yeah. at that, but actually at the time, Mm -hmm. That would have been a massive technological change. And when the, you know, when you could send letters, you know, and the post arrived the same day, etc., that was a massive thing as well. Mm -hmm. um, so we forget, you know, the te how technological changes have happened over time, that they would have all have been a generation going, oh, da -da 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 -da. yes. But today, in terms it's of that concentration, like you said, if you see not just youngsters, but adults as well, on mm -hmm. the phones, and it's, do I like that flick? Do I like that flick? Do I like that flick? You've got less than 30 seconds to actually get somebody's imagination. So if you're writing something like you're saying about poems, that's why that, that minute or 30-second poem that you can it's do in that... So yeah, so that important. actual will interacting then or spending time with something on the page or somebody that's doing something a bit longer which you really have to listen to mm -hmm. is really hard because we a lot of and again for a lot of young people during lockdown they weren't doing any of that things were online and they had no time to sit and learn how to concentrate which is why schools are having such a hard time at the minute because young people 
do not know how to listen because they haven't you have to be trained in listening you know we we pick that up we pick up language as a child we don't speak any language when we're born you know we pick it up that's why we can speak all languages because we've mm -hmm. already learned in one it was the one that we learned when we were born and mm -hmm. if you learn three at a time when you're born as you're getting into so we we are listening all the time as babies and toddlers to what's going on around us responding to it and picking things up and then if you've got that time where that's not happening and then we channel that and we learn how to listen because we go oh that sounds right interesting i'm gonna wear we go over there which is where i get most of my stories from um I'm gonna because wear, i I'm listen gonna wear you, we go over there. you know <laughs> we listen go hey, what's that what's that word and then you yes. can see a child laugh because they've heard this word and it's conjuring all sorts of things up but if we don't channel that, we have to teach ourselves to listen or to concentrate to be able to complete something. And this is a person here who is a starter and not a finisher. So I know what I'm talking about. Um, I, the, the fact that I've got poems here that are finished is amazing. Um, I'm, I'm, I am saying <laughs> nothing. nothing. I mean nothing. But I do think that that's <laughs> the thing and, and that that response to how technology changes and how sometimes younger people are completely bored because there's nothing taking it very, and then you show quickly, them yes and yes. then you show them something that's dead simple mm. that they go oh that's really so what can you just tell me that bit again because it, that mm. i didn't quite understand what that was it, because it's different to what they're used it, to listening to it's all it's, it's seen the thing for me with technology it is quite frightening because i was i can remember at school and computers didn't play a big part you know, mm. Commodore 64s, and then we've gone through... They played no part it, for me. You no. Know, <laughs> but you go through the computers, and you go through the mobile phones, and mobile phones have, have changed beyond recognition, and as you've said, you know, everything you can do with, with technology, and you look back, not so far back at things that we used to do that you thought was of the moment, and it changes so quickly. It, it, it actually sort of frightening and, it, um, and it's also isn't it that like you say open mics etc mm. is how many people are now reading the poems off their phones and yes. I have absolutely no chance of doing that whatsoever because mm. I'll totally get lost I won't be able to read it I'll have to take the glasses off which means I won't be able to see the screen properly and the big fat fingers will just go oh sorry I'm on the to poem 93 fingers. now um, yeah. so I am still the old technology which is paper mm. because I don't have that. But the fact that I don't have it doesn't mean that that's getting in the way. There's, you know, people can write really quickly on a, on a phone. And some people find that much yes, easier to yes. use than writing mm. with a pencil and a pe or a pen like I do. You know, so we've got to... All of that has to be taken into account. And I think mm -hmm. things... It, when you're writing with a pencil... Uh, and on paper your mind works in one way when you're writing on a computer your mind works in a different way when you're doing it on the phone or your tablet it's a, it's it's a, a different third, way again yes, so it's that. a really interesting way of seeing how things are constructed as well within that poetry mm -hmm. format which fascinates me i do i do like the <clears throat> the pen and paper i must admit yeah I, I do find it more creative i'm not really a big fan of of typing on the on the phone not not for sort of writing yeah but I, I do type obviously on the computer but i've also got my notes at the side but i think it's interesting it's, that you know to to add to if I'm, obviously you've got to get it typed up if you're gonna 
sort of send it off and that and that sort of thing. But the initial one for me is always pen and paper, so to speak. But I mean, you know, in terms of uh, traveling, like I do mm-hmm. on a bus or a train or whatever, you know, the fact that you can do it so much quicker on phone tablet etc than pencil and pen because you know pencil and pen suddenly find you know there's a big scratch all over your paper and you've just ruined what you've just written whereas that because people are so skilled unlike you know fat fingers loft house fat fingers loft house um, then that's that's a great way of doing that and so embracing that technology I think is is an important thing and not for mm-hmm. people going oh they're not doing it in the right way because that's just the same as going this poetry this poetry is here and you have to you know ascribe to this or you know like listening to Warden or somebody the day of his death was a dark killed day and when you hear something like that as a, as a, a child in a school and you go well I can't do that I don't even recognise that voice I don't know what, what am I supposed to do it like that Whereas with the technology and then people, as you said, and it could be a you know a thirteen year old, a twenty five year old, go right. I'm doing this. I've just written this, and it's on here. I've just done it. It's immediate, and it's, which yeah, is fantastic. It's, it's of the moment, and it's instant. Absolutely, and, and absolutely, it's that, it that voice. You're giving people a voice in a platform. You yeah. Talk about um, people's backgrounds, but also people's you know maybe country of origin or, or accents. You're know, listening to people how it just give you a different flavour absolutely you know, and how people approach um, some poor I've listened to I don't understand the word the saying but I have I've enjoyed it when it's in a different language we know you know certain people do obviously speak in English absolutely and then give you your saying in another language in yeah. English and I, I like that little sort of I think it also I think that's bouncing off absolutely and I think it's really interesting because obviously not all words translate mm. you know from, from one place to another at all Um and I think just even the cadence and the delivery when it's in a different language really makes you think um, because, you know, I, I listen to myself. Like, like you know, I try not to, to be perfectly honest. But when I do hear myself, I think, oh, my God. You know, because we kind of hear a lot of the time creatives, artists, when they hear themselves go, that's just awful and listen to that sound we were, it's terrible we were saying that off off microphone but other people that. may not think that when but when yeah. i listen to whether it's in urdu or punjabi uh if it's sanskrit if it's arabic if it's spanish if it's dutch you know the way it's delivered the musicality that is in that can draw you in and also you know our facial expressions our physicality when we're delivering something as a poet you know they're not always that different and you Mm. can from that get some sense of you know is this a poem of romance is it a poem of anger is it about an issue you know they're not all shouty shouty like a lot of the angry young men although there were a lot of angry young women but they never got talked about very often because they were all then told that they were you know harpies and this that and the other the angry young men weren't but that's a different argument and another program um, your facial expressions there <laughs> you I mean, see? That, that's for it we'll do that on, we'll have that one on a different podcast absolutely but i think <laughs> so, that that's an interesting thing is to yes to see that and then sometimes when you think you've kind of understood it and it is translated you go i've just got that completely wrong in my head all these images were coming out but actually that's quite different and it, you know and um in bradford with the sisterhood that shirina's been running yes because there that is a, a very multicultural um 
but it's a, a, a women only because a lot of the time women don't feel uh, that they can talk about things or the poetry that they're writing about about very personal things in a wider audience so it's quite a safe space similarly for the the men shed one that spokes running that mm -hmm. there are things that men you know want to share themselves but that's really interesting because we have had poetry read in urdu uh in uh punjabi uh and and other languages as well um in sri lankan uh that's been fantastic because it's a completely different way of us sharing that and and meeting different cultures, which I think is absolutely brilliant, you know, and I think there should be more of it um, in terms of as, you know, if we are literally a multicultural and we are, you know, Bradford City of Culture 2025 or City of Cultures, then that's great to share that and it doesn't necessarily have to be in English. Why? Why should we expect everybody to speak in English, you know? Um, if they're from somewhere else where they've got a different language. I, d I don't understand that. And we don't have to always translate it. True, true. So, talking of poetry. <laughs> well, this is... It's, this... it's, it's a little bit of a waste, Irene, to sort of clutter up that desk there. I can do more. You, come on, let's, let's <laughs> share some more of your... Because uh, normally when, I, when I've when i interviewed you in the past, you've got a, a, a wide variety of voices and we normally sometimes, or we sometimes talk about acting and being on stage or you like your history and your stories and of Bradford and, and various other places. Let's try a little bit more poetry. Let's try a bit of poetry. Well, first of all, I'll do one that was, was a prompt. Yes. Uh, and the prompt was seconds. That was the prompt. And Nothing. that was really interesting because that took me back into quite a lot of personal now, stuff. seconds as in time or seconds as well, in Well, you boxing. could decide exactly what you... I'd have been silly there. Just trying yeah, to you could you decide. So, um, I did. Uh, so, let's... Uh, the, so, it's seconds. Seconds dribble by, memories are life. Images flash up. Are they joy or strife? Here I am in the neighbours, hand-me-down clothes. No wonder I identified with second-hand rows. The piano in the parlour wouldn't fit through the door, so Dad took just 60 seconds to make it firewood on the floor. Seconds dribble by, memories are life. Images flash up, are they joy or strife? Seconds out! Curtains up, revealing the hordes to see me in costume and often trotting the boards. In the queue for second helpings of cheese, pie and mash, but it were only for the pupils with dinner money cash. Seconds dribble by, memories are life. Images flash up, are they joy or strife? Every week I waited to be in the netball team, but always second choice, gave up the dream. Never Robin Hood or Geronimo, my suggestions panned, because a, a girl couldn't be major, only second in command. Seconds dribble by, memories are life. Images flash up, joy or strife? Blood spurting from an artery, walls zigzagged with red. The second time they told me I'd escaped being dead. Playing second fiddle without, when out walking with a mate. Well, why didn't she tell me she was having a don't tell date? Seconds dribble by, memories of life. Images flash up, are they joy or strife? Second class honours, could have got a first, you turd. I could have, but why bother when Auden only got a third? An award-winning business grown from knowing now. Second time around creation, silencing self-doubt. Seconds dribble by, memories of life. Images flash up. Are they joy or strife? 
second, third, fourth, reinvention of what I want to be. I didn't want a career, just to play with words, you see. Some bits I've enjoyed, others brought tears and pain. Would I change any of it if I had me time again? Oh, yeah, seconds dribbling by, memories of life, would be images of joy and to hell with the strife. Very good, Irene. I do like, and you, I knew <laughs> you would put in some uh, little voices. I, I like that one because you just sort of. Yeah, I, I mean, normally I don't do very much about me personally, but I know that. I've been. I've known how many years have I known you? Yeah, this is very, true. I feel like Parker. Just can't get the answers. <laughs> just can't get the answers. I need that one, Josh. But I just thought that that was really interesting one in terms of mm. relating to things. Um, mm. So that sparked up, and sometimes when you get that prompt for poetry. Um, it really does yes. bring things up that you just weren't even thinking about mm-hmm. at all. Uh, another one I'll share, uh, because I was in Gibraltar on a writing retreat last May. Yes. Um, and I think I've shared, shared this at some of the open mics. Um, but I didn't realise that that was the place where Neanderthals um, lived for nearly 6,000 years after they died out everywhere else. Right. Um, and in the museum was this reconstruction of a grandma and a child uh, from skulls that they'd found because they're still um, excavating uh, the archaeology of these particular caves and they're still finding new stuff. And that really took me took my imagination. So this is one called Flint Found a Feather, um, which is I'm based on... I'm glad you're saying that, not me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but I've not had a glass of wine yet, have I? Oh, God. Um, so... Flint found a feather as black as it could be. He took it to his nana, who clapped her hands with glee. She danced in a circle, waved the feather in the air. A special gift you've found, she said, patting his unruly hair. The hunters will be happy when they return with food. Your dada will be so surprised and in a better mood. Because dada had left yesterday after he'd had a fright. His cloak had no black feather, so he could not bring the light. In and out went Nana's needle, until the feather was in place. Then Flint hung the finished cloak in its sacred place. Dada hugged his clever son, his fame was beaming bright. The cloak had its black feather, and it could banish the night. So that was a, a simple one, but I can see in there that there would be a whole series of Flint mm-hmm. images. Um, and one of the things is that that black feather was valued so much by the Neanderthals and I just thought that was really interesting because if you think about lots and lots of stories and poetry, you know, Nevermore Quoth the Raven, for example, Edgar Allan Poe, the Vikings um, treasured and celebrated black feathers as well, you know is, has that come all the way through Yes, from yes. that very, very primitive and is it there deep in our genetic material it, yeah, somewhere? Yeah, well, possibly, yeah, yeah, possibly. You know, it's, so um, I, I like the way that that, and since we all share, what, between 2 and 4% of Neanderthal genes, you know, uh, I thought that story was absolutely fascinating. And I would never have thought of that without seeing that. So those prompts mm-hmm. for poetry. It can, it can just trigger, like you say, I mean, not going down a religious path, but, you know, like you say, going back, tens of thousands of years, sun, moon, wind, rain, whatever, um, different animals revered, some feared and all, you know, that sort of thing. And like you say, it goes down regardless of what history tells you. Is it it, it in the genes? Well, exactly. In your subconscious, that's to say, you know, and 
you do see things and all of a sudden you think, oh, I like that, you know, and yeah, I like and this, it triggers I like something that. you think, I wouldn't have ever thought that, but actually, yeah. um, and I also think that, um, like writing a poem like that, thinking about children's poetry, uh, I, and I actually uh, had a really massive compliment, uh, which I actually accepted, which is also very unusual for me. Um, I was doing... Um, a session at uh, a fab club uh, a few weeks ago um, where uh, physically handicapped and able-bodied a mixture yes. of young people and adults as well uh, uh, so it's very creative and I went in and I started with my poetry in the park um, poem in the park which is uh, about all the statues around City Hall and I obviously do that with lots of different voices you know we you know oh we're walking in Bradford you know at midnight in Bradford town you know there's like some lions involved is there you know not on that one oh cuz I'm getting a bit of deja vu no now. not on that one um <laughs> and there's a there's a queen there it's boring she says yes. so I'm doing lots of different voices and um one of the mums who was there with her her youngsters, both of whom are on the autistic spectrum, actually said, that was absolutely brilliant. She said, you were just like, that just so reminded me, you were like Michael Rosen doing, doing that. That was just fantastic. And I went, mm -hmm. well, I've never been compared to Michael Rosen before, and that's absolutely, like, mind-blowing. So, Michael, if you're out there anywhere, you know, um, that's a massive compliment for me. Um, but looking at at writing things for young people is about also leaving enough space for them to imagine yes. what is actually happening in there that they could then draw a picture about it. You know, or if you're thinking about writing poetry for, for children and you want to do that as a book for publishing is to leave some of your images, the imagery within your poem, that an illustrator can also imagine because of course like if you are publishing poetry for children there you're talking about maybe a 12 page spread with a, only a certain number of words on a page so that you can then have the illustration etc because there's again lots of conventions within that in terms of publishing poetry across lots of different genres um so if it's a poetry one for children it's going to have a lot of images but leaving enough space to do that so for me, thinking about that is sometimes I, you know, put too much imagery in um, instead of leaving enough space. That's your enthusiasm it's, well, shining it's, through, Irene. That's what thank it is. You. And you get overexcited. <laughs> this I'm is telling true. you. And it's only because I am still only five in my head. Um, and you said that, not me. I did, I did. But I think that's the whole point about writing, isn't it? And that, I, th I think it is. And, yes, and poetry yes. as well is. Definitely. Is about staying with that child in I, yourself. Well, I think you do. I think you've got far more imagination, or most of us, got far more imagination when you're younger. And let's face it, we are all tied into the system somewhat, where if you do leave school, whatever, it could be university, sixth form, um, work, and it does sort of alter you. A little oh, bit, absolutely. But then, and then you've got all these silly little games you're playing and writing, and then a lot of people do lose that imagination. They and do. I do I agree entirely? There, writing, poetry, whatever form of writing you're doing, if you've grown up too much, it's not good. You still need to be a little bit childish, and the inner child needs to, yeah, be channeled. But I think that also that because those are those have been rhyme poems, you know, when you're working with. Mm you know, uh, reception classes and, and through uh, Key Stage 1 into Key Stage yes. 2, 
that that's inc incredibly accessible for them to actually start and get enthusiastic about the poetry, you know, that you can then work on, you know, well, could we do this without the rhymes? How would we change it then, mm -hmm. you know, later on? Can we take this poem and change it into a prose poem? Could be into a short story, a little uh, novel. You could do it you into a short so story as well. many different outlets Absolutely. from but the as initial a, ideas But as a, as a start and go, yes, we have got yes. the rhyme, but then we can change it. As opposed to sometimes, you know, I have been, and, and again, with my degree, was like, oh, well, we'll do it this way. And it's all prose and poetry that's really deep. You know, even if some of it rhymes, like, you know, four quartets, T.S. Eliot's, you know, stuff. Again, who didn't get a first, you know, so why should I be bothered about getting a first or not? We don't have to do that. And I could get a first when I'm 937, <laughs> like Methuselah, you know, um, because you don't have to do it at 18 or 20. Um, that's that the accessibility about being able to get into that poetry then is that was quite difficult for me because I don't come from that background. I don't have that classics education, you know, that T.S. Eliot did, etc. So how do I relate to that? Whereas if we're using something simple, we can relate to that to start with and then come out and go, well, actually, these themes are found in the Iliad or the Odyssey or, you know, um, other, you know, Viking sagas, um, etc Valhalla you know where are all the different hells that people go to or the different heavens that people go to etc and the quest stories yeah, some that, people might think you know, Valhalla is a, is, a, is, a, is like a ride at a theme park well quite exactly you know but it's a, again it's that understanding isn't it and sometimes mm. we're given poetry to read and understand and, go, and I now know this working with you know uh, secondary school children it's like I have no idea. Like you were saying, you read stuff and go, I don't really know what it said, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Because some things you've got to really unpick to get behind yes. what yes. actually it is about to start with. And then sometimes, and I know young people say this, look, the explanation of this, miss, the explanation of what this is about is longer than the poem. <laughs> can be. You can lose me. You know, and so like, why does the explanation yeah. have to be so long? <laughs> you know, can you give us one that we can understand we're just reading it. So sometimes you've got to be very careful, I think, in what the the, the mm -hmm. exposure to particular things are without those building blocks first, yeah. you know. Uh, other people will be different. That's my own personal opinion through the experience that I've had. Yes. You know, both as somebody yes. doing literature as a degree and going, what does this mean? And sitting down mm -hmm. with a dictionary to work out what all the you words don't, you actually don't want mean. You to be sat with a dictionary, no, do you? But I did. I, that is mm -hmm. what I did for my literature degree because a lot of the vocabulary was like, I have known the Latin tags. I, did, I really did that at Revo, you know, Latin, um, not. <laughs> uh, and then only when you get into shit, A2 Brute, you know, etc., or the Norman French. You, you could have fooled me, Harry. I'll tell you what we are going to do. We're going to finish. Oh, oh. Well, no, not, not, not quite yet. Ooh. Not quite yet. Not quite yet. I'm sure you come back for this is this is Writer's Bookshelf Podcast 1, one. Irene. I'm sure Ooh. you'll be back because, I mean, let's face it, we've had more than one Star Wars episode, more than one Jaws. <laughs> you know, even made more of Magnificent Seven. We can't keep you away. No, I'm only joking. Let's finish. Let's finish with a couple of poems, if you don't mind. Okay, And then you get yeah. a little bit of a final word. So let's just... Okay, have you well, got, let's just have a look. You can tell us a little bit about them or uh, just... Right, well, let me just you, go you choose through. the last two 
the last two. Now, what they can't, what they can't see is it's like a Tolkien draft. <laughs> I it is actually. It's a bit yeah. like myself. You've got that many different oh, notebooks and scribblings of writing. I am. That is, and you can even hear. You, you can, can even, even hear, hear me scrabbling around here. Scrabble. That's that is the sign of a true, true <laughs> writer, author, weaver of words. Well, you've you probably got half a tree there. I, I have mean. probably got half a tree. Here. <laughs> uh, you mean all of those that I've been going through, Greg? Finish. Yes. Finish. Edit. Finish. Look, this, that's a play, you are, so that's you're no worse, good. You are worse than me. It's you are worse somewhere, than because me. I just, I found it earlier on, it was... You are um, worse than me for In response to uh, Joe Brainard's I Remember yeah. poem. Um, <laughs> so, uh, well, whilst, whilst, I mean, whilst you are... Scrabbling around. Scrabbling through there. Oh, really, I found it, found it. found it. Well, I'll just say this. If you are listening to the podcast for the first time, and some of you know me from various creative outlets, what I would say is... Um, if you want to find out a little bit more about me, then just go to my website, which is daviddriverauthor.com, and it tells you everything about it. This is another edition of the Writer's Bookshelf, and don't forget, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just unashamedly plug it again, Irene, because you're <laughs> part of it. Don't forget, you've still, you can still listen to all the episodes of the Cock Winkles, and, you can, and if you're looking at Gingerlicious, the Gingerlicious Company presents. Obviously, if it's an episode of the Cockwinkles, there's a picture there. If there is a picture of me, it is a writer's bookshelf. So tell all your friends. And as I said, find out a little bit more on the website. Irene, I think we found the poem. I found th it's this yours. is a work in progress. The microphone is And yours. then, of course, well, before I do that, I am going to plug that today on the Casket of Delights, you will be able to hear, at read and hear, um, a short piece of mine, uh, which has gone up, called Making Moves, which is actually a short story. Um, it's been recorded by another actor. Brilliant. Um, and if you look up the Casket of Delights, uh, on that there, internet, interweb thingy, uh, you'll be able to read it, um, which was written uh, last year. Um, but there are lots of different ones programmed, and there are lots of local Bradford writers who have actually got pieces up there. So if you've not seen it, go for it. Now, this one... And I just to confirm, I do apologise for butting in there that. when you said today these people will be listening to this from, from, from the 22nd of August next week. Which now we are now recording this on the fifteenth of August. August, so it's up there now. Now, and we're going to always probably be about a week behind on the podcast. Okay, but it's still there for people to listen to. It is to. still there. Brilliant yeah. stuff. So this is a work in progress, um, and this is um, inspired by uh, Joe Brenard's "I Remember" poem, which is really good in terms of doing memoir, which is what I'm working on at the moment. Um, for drilling down into and remembering things. It can be very difficult. It can be very cathartic. Uh, and uh, certainly when I was doing this with uh, the Edge Creative Group from Leeds Beckett University, uh, there were quite a lot of people using this uh, where they unpicked a lot of things that were repressed. So I'm just going to uh, read a few bits of this. So this is a prose poem, in effect. Uh, I remember ghostly I'll start that again <laughs> I remember ghostly snapshots of childhood uncertain if they're real or imagined I remember the tall cabinet I crawled to its doors hiding the TV that entranced me with the flickering snow figures as I tried to embrace 
the trembling active uh, as I tried to embrace them trembling on two fat legs I remember the screaming face sodden chin dribbled fence shaking finger bleeding girl howling at a house begging to be rescued from the awful place of strangers where she'd been abandoned I remember being topped and toed temporarily in the living room sharing and suffering mumps and measles with my brother the tacky taste of glucose drinks the boredom of bed the stinky smelly toes at my nose I remember being yellow skinned fed endless invisible meals of boiled fish and spuds in a white sauce on a white place I remember a one inch square black and white box brownie pics of a blonde haired, blonde haired girl with a doll that spent its life on the Pelmet, except for high days and holidays. I remember the same pile of pics, a bobbed, beribboned, dark-haired girl in a smock pushing a doll in a pram, where I'm told it's me, but it looks nothing like the other girl. I remember how little I remember of my mother during childhood. I remember standing behind me, hands on my shoulder, combing my hair, pulling, plaiting, ponytailing, ribbons tying tightly, telling me not to say a word out there. I remember her aproned backed envelope. I remember her aproned back enveloped by steam bending over the twin tub, plunger or tongs in her hand, pushing, tugging, mashing wet clothes, country and western on the radio. I remember being told how she'd soak flannels, ferociously flicking them at my face, but nobody can tell me why. I remember a hand smelling a bleach covered in flour, hefting an axe or stained with blood showing me how to skin a rabbit. I remember her fingers tight in my hair, dragging me across rooms, banging me through drawers, pulling hard, lifting me, her finger shaking blood spots on the skirting board, seen between her retreating feet. I remember cheese and onion pies, currant buns, plot toffee that broke teeth, shepherd's pie, jam tarts, popping pea pods, hulling wild berries, jacket potatoes with butter, and being allowed to lick, taste, test, in rare together time. I remember Gran descending on the house, teeth clicking condescension at this tribe of terrible heathens, dust finding fingers flicking curtains, probing shelves, mirrors and mantelpieces, her bottom busting belt sitting snugly in handbag ready for use. I remember Gran's displeasure so much in this free writing of people, places, pleasure that I haven't remembered fingers. I remember that memory is not to be trusted and that nothing I remember may be accurate or true. Different <laughs> style there. Have we got a short one just to finish? We have got a short with, one. And then we shall uh, conclude I've, the yep, proceedings. I've got a short one. Well, where's my bog at one gone? Oh, there we are. Got the, Here we, are. We, can't, we can't finish this interview. We can't have an interview with Irene Lofthouse without got talking about the boggart. What's described as brown but could be green? What likes to help but not to be seen? That lives near a beck or a river? That lives quietly with barely a quiver? That moves like the wind so fast and so flee? It arrives miles away without moving its feet. What creature has no need of money but likes to be paid? In milk and honey. Stays silent and slides, it tidies and cleans. Leaves swiftly only when a house gleams. But something much worse is to ask its name. If you do this, there's only yourself to blame. As this brownie transforms, no longer silent and shy, into a fearful, ugly bugget who will make you cry forever. 
it's just that is just the only way to end the interview well all I can say is Irene once again you've completely lost it now she's giggling it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the writer's bookshelf well thanks for having me David podcast I'm sure our paths will cross again and any final words well sure it's been fine it's been great it's been fine and I've loved it well wherever you are Around the world, you could be in the UK, in Yorkshire, you could be anywhere. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast. And as I say, if you like what you have been listening to, please tell your friends about the podcast and hopefully you will tune in again another time. Thank you and you will catch up later.